Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Hi! Hi! I blanked. I was going to do a thing, I know. and I forgot what I was going to do. I know! So I had to fill in the space. Oh, I know what I'm going to okay. do. Okay. Here's Shamase! Yes! It'll make sense. Don't worry. Yeah. It'll totally, totally make sense. It always does. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to be playing Adventure Mart, designed by Sam Taylor. The artist is uh, Monique Schilder and Stephanie Bolin. It's published in 2020 by DigiSprite and Hub Games. The description is, From dank dungeon entrances to magical market squares, Adventure Mart magically pops into existence wherever they are needed. Busier locations require more than one store, and each one needs a manager. That's where you come in. Outsmart your competition and serve a fantastical array of adventurers as you battle to make more gold than your opponents. Adventure Mart is a fresh new take on deck, <laughs> deck building games with added twists and plenty of player interaction. The life of a store manager is brief but glorious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you become a manager of the week or will you be banished into the abyss? The mechanics are auction auction bidding and deck pack bag pool building. The box art is like a a cartoony kind of like video gamey type yeah. type art. Ow. I was thinking like video gamey anime style like the the one uh I think it's a cat. Actually it's probably a rabbit. Uh down on the bottom left has like a uh a Final Fantasy-esque like black black mage costume type style yeah that's what made me um, think the first thing i thought of was family mart in japan i was gonna say now now it all makes sense so then that's kiwi's greeting by the way whenever you would enter into any kind of store any kind of convenience store in japan in japan yeah they would greet you with that so um okay. definitely has a very japanese-esque vibe to it and there are of course those little mini marts family marts there was another version besides yeah, just family, family Mart's the only one I remember, but there was at least one other one too yeah. that was like on every street corner. It was like Family Mart's like the 7-Eleven of Japan. That's what I was saying. But it looks it's like more, a 7-Eleven, but like different style. Yeah. But like I, I wouldn't compare Family Mart to 7-Eleven like at all. Mm -hmm. Like it's still a convenience store, but you could get like people go in there and like buy lunch and mm -hmm. dinners and all kinds of like there's tons of stuff in there and it's. Like everything's super good. Yeah, I've definitely uh, grabbed quite a few different like dinner options from a family mart yeah. on my way home. And the best part is, is if you don't speak Japanese, you have to go buy picture. And sometimes they don't have pictures. So you're just like, <laughs> that looks good. And it's just a ball of rice and you have no idea what's in the middle of it. But it's going to be exciting. All right. So based on all this, would you pull it off a shelf? Absolutely. Um, one, the description was actually really interesting because I hadn't read it. I, I just did, did my preparation based on the name as it was. But um, it sounds the, the description sounds quirky. And then, I mean, the mechanics wouldn't normally have me, except that it does say it comes with a twist. But the box is so darn cute. I know I keep seeing that on some of these box arts that we've encountered, but it is super, super cute. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about this one, but I'll be honest, I picked it 
to play based almost solely on the box art. <laughs> uh, so I definitely would pick it up off the shelf. It looks fun. And I like, like, um, this is a similar theme to Bargain Quest, mm-hmm. although the, so like the backstory is a little bit different. But like, I like the idea of instead of you being the adventurer, you're someone who kits the adventurer out and you're not the one actually adventuring like mm-hmm. that twist on like the adventuring theme like i don't know what it is i just i enjoy it like we enjoy a twist like i remember my days as an adventurer until i took an arrow to the knee (laughs) and then i opened the shop um so just when i looked at the box art i was leaning towards no because it's kind of an anime style and i don't like anime but the the description of like Basically, a, a 7-Eleven popping up around the world is the random. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was intriguing. I kind of like that idea. And now that I understand, like, what the art is beyond just, like, the look, um, I think it's it's more interesting. So, um, yeah, I think once I read all that, I, I would be a yes. The the idea of just being somewhere, like, completely random and just thinking, in, like, in the back of your head, like, man, you know what I could go for? I could go for some Wawa right now. It's just, it's <laughs> just suddenly there. just a Wawa pops up. And, and you're in like, like a dungeon. Hot damn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how is how it going to be played? played? Although I will say the one the one thing in the description that kind of made me go, uh, it's like a deck builder with a unique twist. Like, oh, another one. Yeah, but it did say more player interaction. So I, I am intrigued about that. But so um, I just don't know I'm if I believe in- it. <laughs> Yeah, the auction bidding along with deck building. Okay, so we want to be manager of the week, but we could be banished. So I'm supposing we have to make like a sales goal. And so part of our deck collection is going to be like our sales goal. Like you have to collect like so many of certain types of, I don't know, maybe goods to sell and or people to bring in. So my Um, my first question is, are we all in the same adventure mark or do we each run our own uh, branch? I feel like we're running our own branch because we're going to be managers. Okay. And busier locations require more than one store and need a manager. So I feel like we're going to be, we're the managers. We're trying to attract people right to our store, obviously, because that's what stores do. They want to make money. And so I think based on our set collections, right, our deck building, um, we will, I can't decide though, if it's between having goods or having customers. And then what I feel like this is just my take is what I'm thinking with the action bidding is that that's going to be on uh, location. So you're going to bid on the location. Obviously, you want to you want. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it's going to be like, hey, you know, location is everything. Right. So like, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, I want BP to be like, you know, in the swamp. But I'm I'm going to be at like the castle. Right. Right. Or wherever. No, adventures, wherever the adventures might be. Right next to the tavern. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. The tavern where, you know, they're going to get drunk and kitted out to go on their adventure. All right. Straightforward game. Let's play. Yeah, let's play. Okay. Well, do you want to know a little bit about the history about mini marts? Because that's what. Yeah, actually, I yes. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I, I mean, now that you say, it, like, I, I I can imagine where they came from, but like, why why that over a grocery store? Because to me, like, right. I feel like it's a very American thing of like, oh, we need a very quick solution to grocery stores because we don't want to go, you know, put that much effort no. in. 
So it, it is actually really fascinating. And there's a couple of different routes and people have actually written on the convenience store or as they're called in Britain. So this might tell you a little bit about the history, the corner shop. And so the corner shop was um, really developed during the 19th century um, as uh, you know, people needed to be able to sell, right, like a plethora of things. Um, so I feel like in the United States, just kind of like the general store, right? But uh, in the United States, it has much more uh, the kind of convenience store mini mart has much more of a history connected with cars and urbanization. So like the 1920s. And actually, so if you go 7-Eleven, uh, which, of course, is one of the most well-known global convenience store brands. Um, it actually did start from a company that wasn't actually called 7-Eleven at the time, but from a, a, a partnership company that still owns the 7-Eleven brand in that, like the 1927 or something like that. And these things became very big with car culture and uh, even the depression because, you know, you could go down to the convenience store and especially as car culture began to develop like there's there's lots of primary source material of people who would go on starting to go on these road trips right as the car was becoming more affordable to more people and not only do you need fuel but you also want a hot dog right i mean we're not talking like these were ever gourmet meals and again this is where we then start to think about like in whatever country you are in right the convenience store 7-eleven is going to sell you a wide variety of things that usually includes right some sort of quick fix kind of meals um and so uh, then, I mean, they would eventually, right by post-World War II, branch out globally. And it's actually really interesting because some of the laws in some countries get very particular about what can be labeled a convenience store and what can be labeled uh, like a restaurant. And that determines on what types of items you can sell. Um, Indonesia, by the way, has some really interesting laws governing that. So some people kind of skirt around some of it by putting out uh, like lawn chairs and a desk in front of their shop to categorize it one way so that they can like get a license, but it's still basically a convenience store. But um, the licensing for convenience stores is very limited to certain huh. types of, of things. Um, whereas in Japan, like, uh, right, as Kiwi was bringing up, you do pretty much everything there. So, I mean, not only could you pick up like really great quick meals, but uh, you also got your garbage bags there. Yeah. Uh, you paid your utilities bills there. And I mean, many of these things are incorporated in convenience stores across the world. So they really are like a, uh, a the alternative to a grocery store. They're a little bit more expensive, but they're your quick fix for almost everything, uh, convenience being, I guess, the name of that. And so, um, again, kind of starting off as that corner shop where you might be able to pick up some cigarettes and uh, some milk, and now they will uh, sell you a SIM card. I've actually purchased a SIM I mean, card. <laughs> that's why I brought it up. So there you go. I am ready uh, to sell SIM cards to my dungeon dwellers. To adventurers. Uh-huh. 
Hello, managers. Welcome to Adventure Mart, the greatest chain of convenience stores in the multiverse. I'm Hank, our corporate mas mascot, and I'm here to help you be the best manager in town. A rules Adventure happening? Mart's <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh. I just, this was in the rule book and I really wanted to read it. <laughs> Adventure Mart stores are magically summoned to wherever they are needed. Locations often have more than one store, so you're sure to have some healthy competition. Our draconic board at Amart headquarters encourage adventure, adventure capitalism as competition drives the best profits for everyone. In this, your corporate guidebook, I'll guide you through areas such as managing stock, installing fixtures, hiring staff, and dealing with adventurers. When the week is done, the bosses back at headquarters want to see your final net worth. Can you make more gold than any other store manager? So that's right. Uh, so the first player to gain initiative is the last one to go grocery shopping. <laughs> when did when was Wednesday. That? When did oh, I, you uh, went to the commissary on Thursday. Dang yes. it. Obviously, it wasn't Eric. Yeah. When Yo, was the last time you me. went to a grocery store? <laughs> yeah, when was the last time you went to a grocery store? A couple weeks ago, maybe. I love <laughs> the silence. Yeah, just the thinking. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, the game takes place over five days. Not real days. Those are just rounds. Okay. Uh, and they're played out in three phases. So, we open the store, and then we have trading hours, and then we close the store. So during store opening, we're going to add stock fixtures and staff cards face up to their respective queues based on player count. And then we're going to add adventurers face down to their queue based on player count. The player with initiative reveals the next bulletin card and reads it aloud. And the bulletin cards are going to add like uh, different rules or things you have to do during that particular day. So not like peers bulletin board. Correct. Uh, during trading hours, so the second phase, starting with the player that has initiative, players will take turns performing one of three actions. So you can spend gold to buy stock, fixtures, or staff cards. So we're all going to start with a basic uh, array of items, like a typical deck builder. So stock will allow you to add additional items uh, to your deck. And they're, instead of a normal deck builder where it would go to your discard and then eventually you would get to mm -hmm. it, these go straight to your hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, fixtures are like, uh, you know, it's like the slushy machine. Right. Uh, so they'll, they'll give you different abilities. And then the staff card are obviously staff that will help do stuff. Um, the limit is four on fixtures and staff, and that's together. So not eight total, but four. Uh, so if you ever have more than four and you get an additional one, you have to banish one of your items to the abyss. Ooh. Uh, so that's action number one. Action number two is you could uh, use a card effect. So you can activate a card from your store, either the fixtures or the staff, or from your hand and use the ability. Ooh, so what will the slushy do? I don't know. I don't. I made up slushy machine. I don't know if there's actual slushy that machine. That would be really cool. Um, and it'll it'll tell you like, hey, you can use this once, or use this and flip it over, or use it and send it to the abyss. So it'll tell you like where it has to go. On a magical slushy machine. When you say it like that, it sounds like a drug machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, not what I was thinking at all. <laughs> okay. And then your final action that you can choose from is you can start a sale. So first thing you do is you take the initiative token if you don't already have it. And then you're going to reveal one of the face down adventurers in the queue. So then once you've uh, done that, you're going to reveal cards from your hand. So the adventurers are going to have different icons on them that will pertain to three of the item types. So there's martial items, magic items, and exotic items. So those are the only types of items that they will buy. So you will make an offer uh, to the adventurer. 
And then the quality of your, um, your offer is based on the number of stars. And then it's modified a little bit by the adventurer. So say the adventurer has two martial icons. That means all of the stars on your martial cards are doubled. Okay. So that is the quality of your offer. And then what's going to happen is every other player is going to be able to outbid you and offer more. And it's going to go around the table until there's only one uh, player left. And then the adventurer will purchase that offer either to the amount that they have in their wallet or the cost of the items themselves. And uh, you'll get the lower of those two. All right. Once the final sale of the day occurs so that we reveal the last adventurer, each player gets one final action before store closing. At store closing, players discard their hands and then redraw to five cards. Any fixtures that are face down in a player storefront are flipped face up for free. And face down staff cards can be flipped face up if you rehire them at the cost uh, that's on their card. Or they're banished to the abyss. Uh, and banished to the abyss means that it's discarded permanently. Okay. Uh, the player with the quietest store, so that's based on the number of adventurers in your in their ledger. So basically, you had the least amount of money spent in your store. You're going to get help from corporate headquarters. So you're going to get to draw the top cards from the staff and fixture decks. You'll get to pick one. And if you don't want either one of them, you could get three gold instead. And then all the remaining cards and cues are banished before moving to the next day. Uh, if that completes day five, it's time for the corporate review. Set aside all your staff and basic stock. Uh, they're not going to add anything to your final score. And then add up the buy costs of the rest of your stock, the buy costs of fixtures in the store, and all your gold coins. Finally, add any gold earned from review bonuses, which are going to be like special actions on some of the cards. And the player with the highest total is the winner, with tie going to the player with the most adventurers in their ledger. And that's all the rules. Let's play. Here's time to We just finished a game of Adventure Mart. To recap, BP had 26 capitalism points. Kiwi had 32 capitalism points. And I am the Monopoly Man with 57 capitalism points. <laughs> Uncle Moneybags. Um, yeah, so uh, winning strategy. Yeah, what was it? Well, I um, bought cards that sounded interesting. So, yeah. Certainly a, a doable strategy. And with cool art on them. I, I, those were a couple of my purchases as well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really think I was doing that well. I thought Kiwi was like crushing us, but uh, I, I had like a fighter guild guy early. So I tried to get fighter cards, but then um, I don't know. I just tried to tried to win auctions and stuff. Anybody else have a bad have a strategy? Well, it was deck building. So I, I was take initially I was taking some cards that let me get rid of things. Mm -hmm. But eventually, like, yeah, eventually those cards like don't work because like I had a couple that were like uh banish basic stock but then like so i got through all of my basic stock oh wow and didn't have i think i only had like two basic stock left that's why i lost yeah well one i didn't even know where 
yeah, <laughs> the stock true. room was for the first round. That's right. And then, um, see, I was just real confused on how to, like, I loved my staff members, so I didn't want to get rid of them. And then I only had one <laughs> fixture. It didn't do me any good, but you wanted fixtures at the end. So, I, I yeah, deck building. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, because I, I had four of the basic ones left, so I didn't. I only got rid of, what, half of them, maybe? Yeah, because I think you had, I think there's nine total. I didn't do a lot of it, but it, I mean, obviously, I didn't really need to. I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so where'd you get all your points? I don't uh, know. My points came from all of Wolf. Oh yeah, Eric's. Yeah, mine came from all my stuff. I feel like Eric. He, he just had a lot of adventures. I had I a lot. He of, ended up winning. I had, had a lot of in-game cr- scoring stuff. Mm. Well, no, I mean that was only and a handful helped. of points. I had a lot of um. Well, yeah, I mean, I did the grimoire. That one just got lucky. I just grabbed it. it was like, I don't know. It says re- end of game points. So sure. And then it, that was a lot of points. But then I also had a lot of um, just high end items, but I don't know how mm. I got them over you guys. I, I feel like we we're all doing the same thing. So I, I don't know. And I ended up having to give Eric. Oh, yeah, all that my money. Coin. But <laughs> even if you even if that wasn't the case. He still would have beat me by enough. Well, like, I don't know because you gave me the it. four coin, and then I got something else with this, that last round. Like I got a bunch of free stuff because I was broke, and then that let me buy like two cards, which those probably added up to like a bunch of points. So I don't know. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, so I, yeah. I just so you don't know how you won. I have no idea. I, I think I lucked out in that last round somehow. But yeah, we had some bad adventures in that last round too. They were not bad. You cannot call adventures bad. They were bad. They were just, no, they were adventures. They, they were, just they were, were not. Prince. They were like level one. I don't so think they were going to make it. That doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. Jeez. If they don't come back. scouts. Yeah. The, the four gold you gave me let me buy the Grimoire, which gave me 12 points. So. See, yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you yeah. gave her And that's all points. because BP played a card. Um, theme. What did you think of the theme, BP? I mean, did you feel I, like you I were do, a shop owner? I don't know, but for a deck builder, it was definitely complex. Um, see, it seemed a little bit less so than Bargain Quest. I feel like. What do you mean, less complex? A new, like less shop ownery. Shop ownery. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that too, because with with Bargain Quest, so like this one, everybody gets a chance to get an adventure, like. You're all trying to get the same adventure, mm-hmm. whereas in Bargain Quest, you're trying to you're you're putting stuff in your shop window, mm-hmm. and the quality of what's in your shop window lets you pick which adventures come to your like shop. Draws them to you, right? So I only played a demo of this, so I don't know it quite as well, but that's what I yeah. remember. So, yeah. So and so it's a little bit different, I, and I I agree with you, BP. I was going to say something very similar where I felt more like I was like. I felt like it was more advertising. Like I'm trying to advertise my shop, which made me feel more like a shop owner than with this one where it's like, I don't need to advertise 7-Eleven. Like people know what's at 7-Eleven. They're going to come to 7-Eleven if they need to. Uh, That's what this one kind of felt like. So yeah, I felt less like a shop owner. Yeah, I'm... I'm don't really have anything else to add. It kind of... It kind of feels like it because you are selling stuff, but it didn't feel quite as strong, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, table presents. Uh, I mean, it's it's darn cute. Mm-hmm. And as I think, going back to your strategy, picking cards based on what they looked like, what they said. There's clever, you know, clever names for the cards. The art is super cute. Um, 
No, I mean, I, I don't know, like, if it would immediately, like, draw your eye, like, walking past it, you might just be, oh, there's cards or whatever. But I think it would. when you actually look at the cards, they're so, yeah, I just, there are so many times, like, I just wanted a character because um, it had a cool name or it had a cute little something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it would jump out at you just because of the, the bright colorness and just looking different. And I wasn't sure about the art style because, like I said, the box is kind of anime-ish. And I was like, I don't, I'm not really a big anime person. But I, I think it was still like a really f- a fun art art within it. And it like clever drawings of different things. So I liked it. I, I think it would jump out at you. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything you guys said. And I don't think I have anything additional to add either. Yeah, the flavor flavor text was just flavor text. It was overpowering. The cards weren't like too much or anything on that realm either. So it was a pretty straightforward game. Uh, there are in, a lot of icons. In its table presence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they were overwhelming or, un, you know, you didn't figure them out within the first round. Like, everything was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, Kiwi, the mechanics. What was the, uh, the cool twist on deck building? Yeah, I... <laughs> The only twist from like a normal deck builder is that usually you put the card that you purchase into your discard and you'll get it later at some point. So the twist here is that it goes directly into your hand. So you know you're going to be able to use it that round, which I guess like tactically, not tactically, but like when you think about how you're going to do your turn, you can kind of think about like, oh, I have a handful of nothing but magic. I need some other things. Mm -hmm. And you can try and like, purchase out cards that way um i do think at the the start we did adventures quicker and later rounds we were doing more of our buying up front because of that but otherwise the problem is you don't except for bp didn't know what the adventures were going to be so you couldn't really like oh i need this to help with that so i think one time i bought i bought a magic that last round i bought a magic item being like okay um you know i don't have any magic item and then there was nobody needed magic so it's all just no reason. Yeah. And then BP was able to do that because she had a staff member that let her search through all the the adventurers and then pick the one that she wanted to go with. And it gave her an additional star for that uh, particular sale. So, yeah. But so I think that's really the only like new twist, which, okay. Uh, there was a lot more take that, I feel like, than an average deck builder. Yeah. Yeah. I feel because I felt like the the twist on this was supposed to add to player interaction, which of course deck builders don't usually have a whole lot of. So I do feel like there was a lot more take that in this game. That I mean, you know, I needed to know what you guys were doing, buying, selling. Yeah, like you could like prevent people from selling stuff mm-hmm. and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I mean, that did make it a little more interactive. I feel like than most. Yeah, I feel like uh, like going into that oxen mechanic, I feel like that was more of like yeah. the twisted, like it felt like any other deck builder to me. I, I felt like the auction piece, though, and that's where that take that came in, where it was right. like, OK, now you have to get rid of that. There's different ways to figure out stars like the, the bulletin uh, board, like changed, like added stuff. So I felt like um, the auction was different because then you had to also think about like, all right, well, I'm going to offer up all this stuff. And it's worth, you know, 15 gold. 
but I'm only going to get four gold from this highwayman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, how much do I really want to like put towards I think that this? was the most interesting decision making was like, how bad do I want this versus what do I'm actually getting out of it? And it's because sometimes like, I feel like I just like, I just want to win this now because I've committed. <laughs> so I yeah. like, overdid it. <laughs> yes, there were definitely a couple where I did that too. And then it hurt me later in the round. So. Uh, rules, I think. Learn, learning the game. I mean, there, like I said, there was a good bit of iconography up front. Maybe the first round kind of took some, but I mean, once you, it's deck builder. I think once we figured out the icons, it it clicked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the rule books laid out laid out really well. Um, it was easy to read. It was easy to find stuff. That was the great part. So when I had to go find things, it's got like a decent FAQ, which I'm sure they picked up like questions from mm-hmm. playtesting, um, play and then um, the the amount of time I spent in the rule book was more like on the very last page, they had a, here is how a turn is played out. So it was like, you know, in the store opening phase, do this. And so it was just the step-by-step thing. And that's really what I, what I was using the rule book for mostly. And that was, that was on the very back page of the, the rule book. So I thought it was a good rule book. Yeah. There's a lot of little steps and like sometimes like the different phases, like, oh, I have a sell card and, uh, you know, that could be a little tricky, but I don't think it was like too crazy. Yeah, there is. There is a bit of maintenance before and after the trading hours bit. Yeah. Like the setting things up, but I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I think we talked about player interaction already kind of a lot of take that a bit more interactive than a deck builder um a standard deck builder i should say um would you play it again kiwi yeah i I would definitely play it again i liked it i enjoyed the deck building aspect i was thinking about um because the theme is obviously very close to um Bargain uh, bargain quest i i would play it again i would not add it to the collection because i don't think it is different enough or better than bargain quest um, so like I already have bargain quest, so I don't see any reason and I wouldn't trade it out. Um, right. I, I think there are like, you know, I, I like the idea of I'm trying to get people to come to my store vice, you know, we're all making offers to the same adventure. I also liked that, you know, we are, are equipping our heroes that come to our, our place to then fight a monster. So one of the complaints people have about role player before the expansion that added monsters was you created these characters, but you didn't do anything with it. And so then they added the minions and monsters and minions so that you could fight something with the character that you built. And I think I like that more about Bargain Quest, where I am equipping the warrior and you could not care as well and just yeah. not right. equip them well because you want them to not right. make it. Um, so I think in that aspect, I'm trying to think like if I played Adventure Mark first, would I have bought that and not replaced it with Bargain Quest? And I don't know. And then played Bargain Quest, would I be like, oh, oh no. But Seems like a ridiculous question to even try to entertain. Uh, BP, how do you feel about this versus Bargain Quest? <laughs> I mean, I obviously Bargain Quest, but I don't think it's a good comparison. Uh, yeah, the themes may be similar, but they're two different types of games. I think for a deck builder, it's definitely a fun deck builder. And I mean, my definite and my answer to the actual question would be yes. Um, I don't know that 
it would be something I'd be rushing out to buy, but I would definitely like if I saw it at a cafe again, I would pull it off the shelf because it's darn cute. Um, I don't think it was uh, very hard to learn or teach. So and I feel like it's different enough from a, a deck builder that I mean, I'm not attracted to deck builders. And so to even just have me say, yes, I'd play this again, like I think says something about the table presence and a little bit of that twist that actually comes to deck builders, you know, like I, what is, I don't even remember the name of the deck builder. We always play at Gen Con. Dominion, uh, Dominion is the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would Why? go for, I, know, but <laughs> I would definitely go for this over that. So that's my two cents. Yeah. I would, I would go for this over Dominion, but uh, I'm, I'll say no to play again, just cause it's another deck builder. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I said no to Root, and it was similar-ish um, in terms of builderiness <laughs> and like player interaction and stuff, because that had a good bit of like take that type of stuff in it. Um, or not Root, sorry, uh, Fort. Oh, okay. okay the other, okay, the we, other. We both looked at each other like, and we're trying like, to figure out. You played what Root game without us, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, Fort. The other. But yeah, so I don't know. I feel like that was kind of similar in terms of play. Um, and then Bargain Quest, I feel like in terms of the theme, I, I like more in terms of concept and things. So I don't know, like not not a bad game, but just kind of kind of another deck builder. Yeah. 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 So that is Adventure Mart. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, just send them our way. Email is firstturntabletop at gmail. Twitter and Instagram, we are at First Turncast. And the podcasting camel, he's like trying to figure out how to get into the automatic opening and closing doors into the Adventure Mart. And he just turns around and says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you and play more games. Dragonberry Blast, there's your magical slushy. Yeah. I am going to hire the Apprentice of the Abyss. Worth, but then I'm going to activate my red mountain bard. I counter it... him with the blue mountain sentinel. Ah, oh, so bitch. <laughs> they both get banished, I think. <laughs>